This program is part of the Infinite Potato Alliance. Visit us at infinitepotato.com. I'm Jared Stern. I think people should listen because we're desperate for attention right now. (laughs) I'm also Jared Stern. This is what I like to call an exercise in benign narcissism. And you're Between Two Sterns. You know what we need? What's that? Do you ever watch the Colbert Report? You remember the old Colbert Report show? Sure, 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 sure. One of my favorite segments that he did, and that's unfortunate because he was never going to finish it, even if he had all the time in the world, was uh, Better Know a District. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember. The the premise of the show, guys, was that instead of getting to know like senators or or governors or mayors, he wanted uh, the representatives of each district um, of different uh, states and there are like a billion of them. And he was just trying to periodically go throughout. But my favorite part was the map. Every time he got to know a district, it would shine a light on the map. Uh-huh. And I feel like we need like a cutout of my body, like on webmd.com. And every time something else goes wrong with my body, we get to better know what ailment is I'm suffering from in that part of my body. Or or you could be like the operation guy. That's it. And your, That's nose, it. your nose can just light up whenever... Uh, whenever something ails you. What the hell is wrong with you now? I, I had this thing a while back and it's acting back up again where if I lean on my right arm, um, my right hand goes numb. Oh, well, that's not good. Yeah, yeah. Numbness can... <laughs> uh, generally is not a good sign uh, of, of anything. I looked it up um, online and it's something called like a Yolinar. Ulnar. Ulnar. I'm sorry, did you say Yulinar? I'm trying to remember it off the top of my head. I know the letters that are in the Does word. Does it begin with a U or a Y? U. Okay. So Ulnar. where are you getting Yulner? Because uh, usually the letter U has that sound at the beginning of it. Mm. If Dr. Tomlinson, which is a huge, huge callback, is listening to this, I would like him to text me any type of... Um, any type of uh, uh, suggestions for dealing with this. But yeah, if I lean on my right arm too long and I looked it up and it's, it's very common in athletes, which obviously I am. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> so I'm like looking up, I'm trying to figure out how I ended up screwing up my arm this way. Well, no, you, you do, you're, you're a professional cross country athlete. You've <laughs> moved across the country like 33 times. It's apparently like if you use your arm to golf or play tennis, like I was like, nope. And it's like, if you're in an office and you lean on your arm a lot. And I was like, I really don't lean on my arm in my office a lot. And then I realized what it was, which was, I need to phrase this in a way that continues to allow your mother to listen to the podcast. When there are certain stress relieving techniques that anybody. Wait a second. Just Hang wait. on. I'm going to, I can make this work. I can make this work. Please. There are certain stress relieving techniques that we all will do from time to time. Uh, And traditionally I've enjoyed some external stimulation for that, as opposed to simply my imagination. And when utilizing that external stimulation, I like to have my right arm ready and available to scroll through the internet as much as I possibly can. So my technique without going too much in depth, oftentimes involves me putting a lot of pressure on my right arm. And I'm pretty sure 40 years of this shit has caught up to me at this point. And now wow. I can't lean on my arm where it goes numb. Wow. You yeah. really, I mean, dude, you, that, that's some serious technique if it's now led, it led to a fucking repetitive stress injury. Here's what I'm most surprised about. I'm surprised it's taken this long to kick in. <laughs> given, 
given the frequency by which I've practiced this stress relieving technique, this should have happened easily into my early 30s, if not my late 20s. Wow. I, I, I did not expect to hear that that would be the cause of, of your many, many ailments. Because I know that we had we put off recording this podcast yes. for a couple of days for a multitude of reasons, one of which being we had nothing to fucking talk about. But <laughs> and as you can tell, was, clearly we do because I let off with that. <laughs> clearly, clearly. Uh, but the other thing was that you apparently, in your excitement upon arriving to to experience all of the East Coast has to offer, and you, I, I guess you you went off the camp diet a little I'd, bit. I'd been off the camp diet for a while at that point. I know. Point. Well, that's the, this is the thing. So how shittily were you eating that it fucked your system up so badly that trying to correct it by going back to the camp diet basically made your brain retaliate against you? Because so for those of you listening at home, for those <laughs> listeners who are listening. <laughs> nice callback. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going back and forth with Jared on uh, on text and say, hey, you know, hey, are you are you feeling okay? You you up for doing the uh, up for doing the show? It's like, oh man, woke up and I'm dizzy and I'm nauseous and I, my, uh, my head genuinely hurts. dizzy, like dizzy, nauseous, like yellow. I, oh man, I was in a, I was in a state. Yeah, and 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 it's because you're you shocked your system by trying to eat healthy again. Like I don't understand. No, so here here's what happened when I moved out up to Long Beach, right? Like I moved away from the camp. So I was no longer able to do those exercises. And once I had established that I was moving back to the East Coast, uh, I just kind of slacked on it. I was hitting the gym a little bit. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. My understanding was that you took on this challenge. Yeah. You took on this, this very restrictive, rigorous regimen. Yeah. Love the alliteration. Because you were living in LA or LA adjacent and people out there have a, you know, a cockeyed view of how people are supposed to look out there. And you said you are a, and what an LA five, like I'm a three, three and a half. I'm a Cali. I'm a Cali three and a half. Here's Cali the thing. Three and a half. I, it's funny because now hearing it out loud, I realized that I clearly did not tell you the real reason why I went onto this camp diet. <laughs> What was the real reason besides well, the, the public reason you're going to get back? Well, one was because my brother's wedding was coming up and I wanted oh, to look sure, halfway yeah, yeah, decent. Yeah, yeah, the the other thing was prior to that, like a couple weeks prior, I was going to a, a, a California party that, let's say, didn't involve a lot of clothing for the people who were participating in the party to be wearing. Right, sure. You wanted to look good with your shirt off. That's fine. And other things. The point is that it was one of the, it was one of those parties I won't go into because if your <laughs> if your mother has made it through the first three minutes of me talking about stress relief of this episode, I'm not going to give her a stroke going into Jared. the nature of this party. What, <laughs> Jared? It's it's the truth. I'm not, okay. That's so anyway, <laughs> both those things occurred simultaneously. And uh-huh. Then once once that was done, I was like, all right. So I, I when. A lot of what happened was because I had to ship my car out to the East Coast so early, I shipped it out like a week and a half before I left. So then it was like a week and a half of not being able to go to the gym. Then I got out here. I was like a week back in my parents' house. I didn't have a gym. Then I get up and it's just been like a month of no gym and just going fucking hard on East Coast food. Like hitting there. Like the food scene up here is surprisingly cool. Like what's happened? Yeah. So for, for those of you, I'm up in Watertown, New York. I can see Canada from my house. But 
the food scene's really good. It's just still that East Coast heavy type of food. And like, sure. there are a bunch of breweries up here and like, oh man, do I miss eating and shoveling crap into my face. But the real problem is the sugar. And that's what it is. I have a, I have an insane sweet tooth. I really do. And now that I was on the East Coast for like the Easter time period, I was able to indulge in my absolute favorite candy in the entire world, Zittner's Buttercream Eggs. They are a seasonal thing. It's like a Philadelphia or a Pennsylvania chocolate company called Zittner's. They are dark chocolate eggs and they Mm. make three varieties of them. One is their dark chocolate with buttercream filling. So imagine like... If, if, if Cadbury cream egg is the McDonald's of it, imagine like a gourmet burger version of the McDonald's burger. Like that's the Whoa. egg. Okay. The one is the Zittner's dark chocolate buttercream. Mm-hmm. The other one is the Zittner's coconut filled one, dark okay. chocolate coconut. And then they have one called Zittner's butter crack egg, which is dark chocolate. And they combine the buttercream and the coconut. And I ate three boxes. Holy in- shit two and a half days holy shit yeah yeah so i was like tweaking out light on the verge of like a fully full like diabetic episode and i was yeah, like all that's right put your pancreas into shock so yeah a lot of what i'm going through right now i realized was sugar withdrawal and it has just been a while since i've had like a really strong but sugar withdrawal is no joke man like it's oh and there's another thing that's contributing to this which i am now happy to go into but i will tie this moment off but yeah, so a lot of it was sugar withdrawal, a lot of it just shocking my body, getting back into shape. And a lot of it is that I'm exhausted because the girl who I've started dating has a seven-year-old child. And uh, I've gone from California bachelor to four days a week, like pseudo, like kind of step parenty type of thing. And it is a fucking adjustment, man. Like I can imagine. Now, first of all, the girl is absolutely amazing. I, I, her and I have bonded very quickly. She's an absolutely wonderful girl. Um, her mom, who I'm dating, is fantastic. Her dad is fantastic. They really are a magnificent couple who have really handled like co-parenting, not together, really, really amazingly well. I cannot speak highly enough of them as like how they've executed this whole co-parenting thing. But I'm not used to dealing with seven-year-olds all the time. <laughs> uh, as, as a former camp counselor of seven and eight-year-olds, yep. They're a handful. So it's a lot of Pokemon Go. It's a a lot of cartoons that I'm unfamiliar with. It's a lot of catching up on Disney movies. And it's very rewarding. It's interesting because on the track I was on, I don't really see myself at this age being able to like find somebody developing a relationship and like having children at my age. But Mm. the the contact high I can get from this is unbelievably fulfilling and rewarding. And I'm, I'm really grateful for the fact that like both of them came back into my, or came into my lives in order to like kind of experience this. But the girl who I'm seeing um, is my college ex-girlfriend of 20 years ago. It is absurd. We, we dated in college for like two years and then we lost touch for many, 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 many moons. And then ended up reconnecting after both of our relationships ended up falling apart. And it's weird it, because it feels like no time has passed. It's feel like I've been dating this chick for 20 years. Like it picked up seamlessly and it's great. Like the whole thing up here is really good. It's just exhausting. I went to sleep voluntarily at like 8.45, 9 o'clock. Wow. I'm up at 6, 6.30 every day 
and like I can barely make it to 11 o'clock anymore. Like I used to, when we were growing up, my, my, my dad would pass out in like the TV room all the time. <laughs> I'd look at him, I'd be like, how can he pass out so easily? And now I'm like this poor man, I should have brought him a blanket. Yeah. I should have got, oh, this poor, poor soul. It was just showing you the future. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry to hear you're not going to have any content for the podcast. But really, <laughs> I, I, was, I was so worried. Oh, my God. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's nothing but content at this point. But, uh, yeah, that, that's what I've been doing. I'm, I'm, I'm not exactly Uncle Jesse from Full House yet, but I'm, like, kind of in that, <laughs> in that space. So what's going on with you? Well, uh, I, I come to you with news. From uh, Beyond the Stars. More Jared because... Stern stuff? No. Oh, well, no. Well, our last name means star in German. Yeah, Do, you mean okay, sure. Do you mean space? I mean space. The final frontier. Oh, my God. You went to the concerts. Yeah. How were they? Tell me everything. So, all right. Well, so you say, you're saying concerts. I have not been to Jeff Goldblum yet. That's happening this weekend. Okay. But I went and saw... William Shatner <laughs> and Ben Folds at, at the Kennedy Center. So here's the thing. I went into this with a couple of misconceptions, and those were dispelled once we actually got to the show. So apparently, Ben Folds is kind of an artist in residence at the Kennedy Center. Gotcha. Okay. And so he was he's presenting a bunch of these shows called the NSO National Symphony Orchestra Declassified presenting different artists with the National Symphony Orchestra to kind of make them more accessible to people. That's right. sort of thing. I presumed that Ben would have a more active role in the show. As would I. Yeah, no, I, I assumed he would because he's recorded an album with William Shatner like 10 years ago. Oh, really? Called Has Been, yes. Okay. So when we got there, we, we, we took our seats. Now I, I went with my good friend, uh, Seth, and his wife, Allison, who is a P1, one of the regular listeners to the show. We also brought along their two kids who are, let's see, 14 and 16. Ugh. It's very interesting to see what we saw through the eyes, the exasperated eyes of children, preteens and teens, tweens. Well, no, I guess they're actually teenagers now mm -hmm. who have no reference point for William Shatner, other than their yeah. parents showing them, their parents showed them miscongeniality to prep. <laughs> That's about it. So obviously William Shatner, his career spans decades. Yeah. The man Hooker, is 90, Star Trek, Boston sure. Legal. I mean, the man's 91 years old. He has an aura about him. He has reached icon status. He yes. is on a different level when it comes to pop culture yeah. uh, iconography, like from everything, because he, he is because like, he's been around so long, he's become a caricature of himself. Mm -hmm. And then he kind of rebuilt his reputation with Boston legal and like doing some things that were not star Trek related, yep. but it's very interesting to see him in an out of the box, non-context version of himself. If you are a 14 and 16 year old who have never experienced William Shatner before, and you see a 91-year-old dude in a sparkly jacket come out on stage to just kind of speak sing with the National Symphony Orchestra and not the stuff that he recorded with Ben Folds. He apparently has a new album 
that is scored for an orchestra. And it's about, like I said, he's in his 90s now. He recently had that experience on the Blue Origin space space rocket. He's been to the Oh, that's edge. right. He's been to space. He's fucking been to space. Right. And he, he had some experiences and he wanted to talk about it. Um, he is a very earnest person and feels things very deeply mm-hmm. and has, how can I put this lightly, uh, a limited capacity to express them. It was poetry, but it was, the cadence is not an act. Like that is, that's how he sounds. That's just how he functions. That's just how he speaks. Like whether or not he's like talking to Sulu on the fucking bridge of the Enterprise or if he's doing, doing poetry with the NSO, that's William Shatner. Okay, it was well, Christopher see, Walken-esque, where it's not no, like right, and, and it's it, it's the same variety of of celebrity, I would yep. say, because they they are parodied to the point where like ev- everyone does a William Shatner, everyone does a Christopher Walken, everyone yep. has something like that. Like they're the gold standard when it comes mm-hmm. to just kind of oddball celebrity because they've yep. been around so long and they have such a uh, such a diverse body of work, and so all of his stuff. Apparently his, his big, his, he, he's, he's grappling with his own mortality now and he's been to the edge of space and he, he is very captivated by uh, the planet Earth and the peril that it is in and environmental activism and, and all that stuff. He wants to make sure that the planet is still here for the future and what can he do to kind of... Look at him. Um, no, Look yeah, at it's, him. It, it's, it's great. He feels things very deeply. As um, you're saying this, I'm like, you could double my age and I'd still not be as old as William Shatner. That's insane to me. You could. Yeah, no. Yeah. You're just kissing it. You're just on like, you're just on the verge. <laughs> hey, hey, go fuck yourself. No, I'm um, being serious. That's still an extreme thing. Like, no, I know. For as old as we feel sometimes, can you imagine tacking another 50 he, years onto me? And he is sharp as a fucking tack. But yeah, he he did like the show basically. So we got there. the The NSO performed for like a half an hour on their own, and then Ben Folds comes out and he introduces his history with William Shatner. Okay. He talks about how when he was born, when Ben Folds was born, William Shatner walked into a studio and recorded his first album, which was called "The Transformed Man," where he essentially just sang. He he sang like. Uh, Rocket Man and Mr. Mm-hmm. Tambourine Man and like a bunch of these standards and it was it was a um, it was basically an album that was recorded as a promotion as like promotional material for like just him to just do it and he walked into a studio he did it all in like one take after in like a half an hour recorded the whole really? fucking album yeah that's but awesome that's that's actually one of the things that Shatter is known for not that he's a terribly good actor but he's amazing at learning lines he has um an amazing capacity to memorize things. Really? And so yeah. So that's that's one of the one of the ways he got the job for for Star Trek. He was he just knew he knew his lines cold. And just could, as just as a kind of a strange offshoot, um, James Spader, who did uh, Boston Legal with it, mm-hmm. has a photographic memory. Yeah. So if you ever saw Boston Legal, and if you guys have never seen Boston Legal, that is a comedic duo pairing. That is for two non comedians, like traditional comedians just actors and roles, one of the funniest pairings I've ever seen. But they would give like um, Spader like pages and pages and pages of monologues and he'd memorize them like that, just 
throw them back. What have you seen the show? Have you seen the show? I I I, I know of Boston Legal. So goddamn really good. It. So good. Um, anyway, go on. So um, so he recorded that album. Uh, whenever Ben Fold was born, I forget he he didn't say what what year it was. So uh, ten years later, uh, Ben Folds um, found that album in a record store and just listened to it incessantly. And awesome. he created a song for William Shatner. Like he wrote a song and had his parents like send it to William Shatner's agent. And William Shatner's agent sent a nice little form letter in the, in the, in the cassette back saying, thanks, but no thanks. Right. You know, William Shatner, you know, is, very, is a very busy man, yada, yada, yada. The moral of the story is Ben Folds becomes a legitimate rock star. Yeah, ben like, Folds, yeah. Uh, of, of the ben, Fold, of ben Folds Five, for those of you who are unfamiliar, which are probably my parents. But ironically, you could probably go on to Spotify. Ben Folds is one of those bands where like, you'll listen to the song, you'll be like, oh, I know that. Oh, I know that. Really? No, They no, were played I, on the I, radio so much. I know. But my, I, I don't think they would, they would uh-huh. recognize a Ben Folds song. Uh, in any case, eventually, uh, I forget how many years later this was, they ended up recording that song that that uh, Ben Folds oh, awesome. wrote, but also uh, they they got together and uh, created this album called Has Been, which I was aware of only because I listened to a lot of Henry Rollins' spoken yeah. word when I was growing up, and on one of his albums called Talk Is Cheap, he talks about getting called out of the blue by Ben Folds saying, "Hey." Uh, I got William Shatner and Adrian Ballou in a studio. Here. Uh, you want to, you want to do something? And he's like, uh, yeah, fucking yeah. So, and, and he does the, he has, there's a whole behind the scenes awesome. telling of this, of the recording of this album and his experiences with William Shatner. That's so so cool. I kind of had an idea of what was, what was happening with that. Yeah. Um, and then flash forward to now, Ben Folds gets his residency at the Kennedy Center and then COVID happens and that gets the brakes put on it. So this was the first show that he was able to do since COVID started. That was that was this. Did you see the first actual performance of this show or did you see a couple of days into it? No, this well, uh, he he's I, I'm pretty sure this was a one. This was a one night only kind of oh, thing. really. Oh, OK. Yeah. Go on. But this was the first time that Shatner performed this new album that he's made he actually has this album that was scored for an orchestra and it mm. the all the all of the quote-unquote songs he performed are basically talking about his experience through his life uh, and his uh, experience with nature and its various forms and so he was he had this one song called the bayou and how how the bayou it it's you can you can see the surface of it, but but beneath the bayou, there are so many other things happening beneath, bubbling beneath, and pe- much like people, you can't actually see what's happening. In, and so his whole like the the whole thing is, are you the bayou? And it was the weird like that sounds trippy as all hell. At a at a certain point, so I'm sitting at <laughs> one end of the row, and my friend's kids are sitting at the other end of the row. Everyone's wearing masks, by the way. Okay. Uh, it was all very, very COVID friendly. But after, after the, are you, after the, after the Bayou song, we, I look over and you ever, like, you can just see, like, just see, just in their eyes, you can just see the, why the fuck did you bring us here? 
What are you doing? Why have you subjected us to this? Because for a 14 and 16 year old who, again, have no prior experience with William Shatner, this was, it it seemed, I'm sure for them, interminable. Like, what is this? Like, they had no, they had no background on how nuts this this guy could be, like how out there he could get. And I what just, was the old game show where you, you had somebody go up and three people pretended to be the same person to tell the truth, to tell the truth. I feel like you could do the same thing with performances. It's like two of these men are suffering from dementia and one of them <laughs> is an iconic movie star. Can right, you sure. tell which one it is? That's what I feel like was going through their head. Yeah. So it's like I and I said to the 14 year old after uh, after it was over, I said one day when you're older, you will appreciate mm-hmm. what you just saw. Yeah. Now is not that time. Yep. I completely get it. Looking back, this was probably a bad idea to bring <laughs> to bring you guys. I'm very sorry. But I mean, the the music that the orchestra played was fantastic. And uh, so that was that was cool. But this was a I mean, it was a unique experience. Yeah. This was the same theater that I saw Mel Brooks in. Oh, yeah, he obviously didn't do the singing and the dancing, but there was a um, he did a, a viewing of Blazing Saddles. Did he? And then there was a Q&A afterwards where someone you know interviewed Mel Brooks and my dad and I went to go see Mel Brooks in, in another see them live before they're not situation. Yeah. So uh, this was this was it was fascinating. It was a fascinating experience. And I think it's interesting the way pop culture works right now, because obviously mm-hmm. for people like us, it's very nostalgia based. Mm-hmm. It's very rooted in nostalgia. Yes. But obvi- and, and obviously we want to, and I, I'm sure maybe you've talked to the seven, the new seven-year-old in your life mm-hmm. about cartoons that you've liked yeah. or, or movies that you enjoy. Yeah, we've done that. Sort that. Of thing. And you want them to experience them the way you experience them. You want them to feel yeah. the same I get kind, yeah. of, kind of joy. But I almost feel like we're doing them a disservice I feel like trying to force things on them that they're that they had like I again have no way of properly never gonna get William Shatner. I understand that. Here's the thing: you could have put taken them to a William Shatner concert 30 years ago. And chronologically, it would have been tough because they wouldn't have been alive yet. Sure. Um, but 30 years ago, it still would have been tough for them to digest a 61-year-old William Shatner. Like that's that's how far beyond Shatner's prime. But, but if you say that though, but 30 years ago, our experience with media and our experience, well, it's a complete, it was a completely different television and yeah, the yeah, movies yeah. and everything are, we're, we're, you know, we're light years ahead of that now. There's so many more options now, especially back when we were growing up watching reruns of the old Star Trek. That was just kind of the, what you did. Yeah. You know, you sat down, you watched old shows from the sixties and seventies when you were growing up in the eighties. But right? I feel like they still ha- like The Office has had a huge resurgence through like sure, Netflix yeah. and whatnot. So like when people, I, so I feel like the the, I think the association is not that Shatner's missing the mark. I feel like he just hasn't had the modern enough thing because I I definitely know kids who can point to Steve Carell as who is it? It's not Groot. It's Gru. Who's the one from? Um, oh yeah, the Minions. Gru. Yeah. Gru. That's, that's They're cool. like, oh, that's the guy who plays Gru. I didn't know that he did this. As right. opposed to Shatner, which is like, what's the most recent anchor point for a Shatner performance that you can hand? I, I think like it's miscongeniality. Done... I think no. He... I, I hang on. Let let's find out. I feel like he's done some voice work. 
filmography. Here we go. Scrolling down, 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 down. Now back right. to 2016, and I haven't really seen him do anything major yet. What's something that they might have been? I'm, I'm looking for like a voice in like a Pixar movie or something. That's yeah, what that's what I'm for. looking for. He did My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. He did oh, one there you episode. Go. That's a TV show. He did one episode. Mm. Uh, he was in the animated movie Over the Hedge, which is actually very underrated, uh, non-Pixar flick but when did that start, come out in 2006 so See, before, that's what i'm saying yeah before they were born so hang on one second i'm still looking uh and then we'll, what's he done on tv recently hang on i think boston legal was his last major thing um in any case so what i'm what i'm trying to what the point i'm trying to make is back then our options were more limited yes the office and all those things are making a comeback now and those are also more nostalgia driven than you think. Oh, 100%. But these kids probably don't even watch regular television, right? I think it depends upon the age gap. Uh, the seven-year-old is very into like- YouTube. Well, a little bit, but it's more, um, God, what, what are the shows that like SpongeBob is a show I never really saw. Um, there's one, Steven Universe, that's one. Mm-hmm which is something I've never seen. Like there's a lot, there's a whole gap of stuff that like, I have no idea what she's talking about half the time. Sure. Yeah. Thankfully and she's articulate it. with it. She's very good at explaining it to me like I'm a <laughs> moron. And yeah. I, I enjoy that as well. So, but yeah, to your point, these kids sitting there watching William Shatner were probably like, what the fuck is going on right now? Yeah, no, there was, yeah. you could see it in their eyes. You could see them just kind of, their eyes were just trailing off in the middle, middle distance going, what? the hell yep. is this? Oh, yeah. And I was actually shocked by how many kids were in the audience for this. Not like, like around their age, like around teenage hmm. uh, for it. But it, 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 you had all the, you had all the olds in their, uh, in, in their, in their, with their Star Trek uniforms on. Did you they? The, well, there, yeah, there were, there were more than a few Starfleet insignias seen around the theater. So you had the people who knew who he was and knew what they were in for. But even then, didn't quite know what they were in for. Right. It was like, like I said, I expected uh, Ben Folds to have an active role and he maybe played a little bit of piano on one song, but for the most part, he wasn't on stage. Would this you was, say the experience was worth it for you? Did you enjoy the experience? I would say yes. Outside Only, of simply content for this podcast. Like if no, you were to well, set that yeah, aside. I was, I, well, please, let's. Because I went to a very racist pageant of the Masters in, I think, Laguna Beach about nine months ago. And I was like, well, it was good enough for the podcast, but I'll never do it again. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, this again, it was not like I expected it to be funnier. I expected it to be more like wacky. Yeah. But it was very grounded. Well, as grounded as it could be for him. But it was a very serious. It was a serious performance. Like he, he was being he was being him and he was. He was trying to regale us with his experiences, including he had a song about about going up into space and seeing, being able to see the Earth from space, and it was called "So Fragile, So Blue." Like he repeated that many, many, many times. So, so it's somewhere in between, like it's like orchestra slam poetry by William I, Shatner. That's exactly what it was. It was it was slam poetry done backed up by by one of the best orchestras in the biz. Well, and I'll have even more eccentric celebrity stories right here on between two sterns. So I have a, I have another uh, question for you. 
uh, something something I'd like you to clear up for me. Shoot. Because I saw something on your Facebook story or your Instagram story about okay. a week ago. And it said, I was today years old. Oh, my God. When I found out that the mm. one drop button and two drop <laughs> button on a flush toilet meant two different types of flushing. So it's not that I've realized that they meant two different types of flushing. Let me explain. <laughs> We've all seen these little like circle, like one, like on top of a toilet, instead of a traditional flush, it's almost like a circle and the circle is divided in half. And on one uh-huh. side is half a button and the other side's half a button. Right. Most of the time they're not marked. Like one is green and one is silver. And like in hindsight, I probably should have put together that green is conscientiously water. And like, I just kind of Russian roulette it. I was like, okay. But for the first time ever, I saw that on the left, it had one drop. And on the right, it had two drops. I'm looking at the toilet and I was like, one drop, two drop. Oh, you use one drop and one drop for peeing. And (laughs) I've never felt stupider. And by the way, the most reaction I have ever gotten to posting anything on Instagram or Facebook, the number of comments I received from that, people being like, you idiot, but a lot more people, <laughs> a lot more people being like, I'm now today's years old, where I've realized that as well. Thank you for explaining it to me. You're changing lives, Jared Stern. That's not the stupidest thing that has occurred in the past week. And it's not something oh. I did. It's something that my my apartment complex's management company did. Please and share. it's so frustratingly stupid that I'm going to bring it up on the podcast. Please. Which was, so when I moved in, because I moved in like April 20th, I had a prorated rent. So it was like 580. So I cut them a check, which is something a lot of people of this generation are not used to. It's a handwritten piece of paper. with still numbers. accept checks for rent? Come on. No, no, no. I'm not saying they don't. I'm saying there are a lot of people of this generation who do not understand like what a, how a paper check works. And it's because they don't really use them. I mean, I really don't use checks that much. I feel like my generation was the generation that really stopped using checks for the most part. I still get paid by check for gigs. I still. Well, I, I mean, that's kind of a, th- but like most companies, there's direct deposit. Most of the time you're paying sure. your rent on a, because my rent is paid through an internet portal. It's just the portal wasn't set up because I wasn't fully moved in. So for the uh-huh. initial payment, I just cut them a check. Doesn't matter. Anyway, so I come up with a check for $580. $1,580 a month is my rent. So you only had to cut them a check for $580? Because I moved in on the 20th. So it was one third uh, of the month. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. So the today the first rolls around and I, I look at my amount due yesterday and it's five hundred and eighty dollars and I'm like what the what the hell is going on how do I only owe five hundred and eighty and then I look through my bank and they never cash the check they never it's they've had it for ten days they wow. it did not come out of my bank account but I'm looking at the online portal and it shows that I have paid one thousand five hundred eighty dollars for rent on the twenty eighth that hasn't okay. come out of my bank account. And I only owe $580. So why, why would you ever argue with this? So Val goes, well, why don't you call them to ask them? I'm like, well, I'm not going to. Yeah, right no. now my, I'm not going to blow this. And she's like, well, the alternative is that you don't bring it up. And then a month from now, they're like, you owe us $5,000 because you haven't been paying for it. I was like, well, that's <laughs> a valid point. So I end up calling them today for another reason, because I get this stupid letter in the mail that says, because one thing was not posted the correct way on my renter's insurance that it was, I was required to have when I moved in, their their company, whatever it is, offshore, is going, if 
it was like, if you haven't provided proof within seven days of the date of this letter, then we will purchase it for you and charge it in your monthly rent. Okay. The letter was post-dated on April 20th, and I got it on Friday. Wow. Friday, for those of you who may be listening to this, not, you know, the day it comes out or whatnot. So to give you an idea, I received the letter on the 29th, and they told me when it was mailed on the 20th that if they don't receive proof in seven days from this 20th. Huh. Yeah, that math, that math doesn't even come close to working out. So this started me in this like steamroll of like domino effect of being pissed off because I called uh-huh. the management company and the girl, a little snippy with me. She was like, well, it's the insurance company that you need to talk to. I was like, mm, well, it's your name on it. And so I, in the process of calling that, I was like, also, by the way, why is my rent only $580 this month? And she's like, oh, I don't. Mm. And then she looked and she's like, mm, this is, and, but first she started talking to me like I was a little bit of an idiot. She's like, well, did you pay? Da, 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 da. This was taken out on the 28th. I go, I understand it was taken out on the 28th, but I cut you a check for $580. You haven't cashed that yet. And yet somehow all of my rent has been paid. And she's like, okay, let me talk to my manager. So she calls me back. And this is what she says to me. And I'm, I'm curious to get your reaction and the rest of the listeners who are listening's reaction. Yes. Oh, well, it looks like when you wrote the check, you put a little dollar symbol in the line that has the numbers where you're supposed to write the number. So instead of putting 580, you put the dollar symbol and the number 580. And our machine thought that that dollar symbol was a one because you're not supposed to put the dollar symbol in that box. And so it tracked it as $1,580. And that's how much they're cashing the check for. And the thing that pissed me off in that sentence was the, and you're not supposed to put a dollar symbol in that box. Because from the time I was writing checks, I was taught by my dad, you always put a dollar symbol in that box. Because otherwise people can add numbers Add a fucking one in front of it and yeah. turn it into exactly this situation and this condescending tone she had with me. Like I did something wrong. So now not only do I have to be like, mm, no, that's not how it works. And also, don't you type the number in as well? Shouldn't you have been like, Jared owes $580. It's 500. What are you just throwing an extra grand on my check but I also need to go to my goddamn bank because they took the 1580 out of my bank account today. Oy. So apparently nobody gives a fuck what's written on a check. I can have it because like, here's my thing. If somebody, if my aunt cashes, writes me a check for a hundred dollars and that zero is just slightly wiggly, that check will never post to my bank account. But apparently if I cut a check to my management company, they can add an extra $1,000 to it, and neither them nor my bank account will check this error at all. It is mind-boggling. That's, yeah, no, I mean- Am I insane here? Please, like, tell me, do you add the dollar symbol to the check box? I need to check the last time I wrote a check. I'm pretty sure you do. You yeah. add it in. You, for, I was taught you do the dollar, you do the amount, and you do the zero over a hundred. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you write out the words. So it's a, if it's, you know, $575, you write out $575, then you draw a line all the way to the end. Mm-hmm. And then again, zero over a hundred, wherever the cents are over a hundred. Right. It, it does sound like they 
don't know how to collect money? Do they accept wampum? Have you tried? Mm-hmm. Have you tried some other, uh, you know, some, some other currency that, that maybe they might take? You know what's about ironic some- about all this is when I set up my like internet portal thing, it also showed that I had paid two application fees, one now and one a year and a half, or maybe a year ago, less than a year ago, something like How that. How is that even possible? Because it's a national management company. And, and there's are- another Jared Stern that signed an application? I When I was looking for apartments, I guess when I was moving out, or maybe it was like seven or eight months ago, when I was moving oh, out, was when Julie and I broke up and I was looking for apartments. Hold on, I got to sneeze. Oh no! <laughs> there you go. I knew. <laughs> I knew you, you were watching me, and the pressure of having this. Oh my goodness! The performance anxiety on a sneeze. I've never, never. Seen if I that. had known I was going to sneeze on camera in front of you, I would have done the camp for six weeks to make sure I look good enough. <laughs> but so when we had broken up, and I was looking for apartments, I looked at an apartment complex that was managed by this company, and I hmm. filled out the application fee. And from the time of filling out the application fee to almost them offering me the apartment, the level of bullshit I went through was so high that I was like, I cannot live in a in an apartment complex that is managed by this company. And I had forgotten and I had forgotten about them until all of this went down. I'm back in the you know rent paying portal or whatever. And I looked, I was like, How is no, this can't be it's the same company. Well, shit. I mean, I that sounds Epically frustrating. Yeah, and, and if there was that, any other apartment complex up here to live in, I would live there. But there's nothing. There's only it's, one apartment complex this, in all of Watertown. And then York? it's and then it's all I don't want to say garbage apartment complexes. It's, <laughs> <laughs> but it is. No, it's uh it's the it's not only the nicest, it's the only nice one. Okay. So it's you where you're living and then just shanty towns all yeah. around Watertown. Like yeah. that's Wow. No, it became very apparent into this process. I was like, I'm going to have to bend over and take this. <laughs> I was like, you better. Be. I was like, mm, don't come back too hard on them because like there are no other options. But where I'm at, it's very nice. Uh, it has the illusion of niceness. You know what I mean? Like, like, like the towel racks you think are metal until you touch them. And then you realize they're plastic spray painted. to look Oh, like very metal. nice. Yeah, yeah. So it's like that kind of. Yeah. Half the complex is just the facade, like an old West film set. Like there's no back of it. It's just designed to look bigger than it is. Oh, that's the water. Story. There is no water. It's just like a shimmery film. It's like the bayou. It's like you think there's something are, on top, but there's nothing underneath. Are you the bayou? I, this whole existence up here is a metaphor for the bayou. So do they have like? Do they try to make each unit seem bigger by adding like a wa- a mirrored wall? Do they do that? No, trick? but I that's a huge trick in California. Not only that, but also everything in California, all of the apartment complexes are shot with a wide angle lens. So <laughs> sure. like you go in and you're like, why am I in a closet? And <laughs> like the ultra wide angle lens. Right, right. It's super fisheye lens, sure. I thought this place was bigger and oval shaped. I don't understand why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will tell you something kind of funny though. Okay, please. Kind we of can fun. end it on this. We can end okay, it on this. Okay, please. This is why children are amazing. Oh, okay. I got to experience my first ever version of this with a child. Okay. I got to tell you, this is like a drug that like I'm going to chase this high. So we went, the three of us, to go see a movie in a movie theater together, a kid's movie called The Bad Guys, which is- Oh, I've heard of this. Delightfully wonderful movie. Just a wonderfully great movie. 
she had seen it before. So we were seeing it for the second time. So she was very, very excited. She loves the previews. And the second to last preview that came up was a little movie called DC Super Pets. Oh, cool, yes. And as they're going on, she's like, oh my God, this movie looks awesome. I really want to see it because she's into like Teen Titans. She watches that and stuff. And I go, did our name come up? You want to see something really cool? And she goes, what? I go, do you know what my last name is? She's like, Stern, right? I go, yeah. And as the credits roll up, I was like, and who wrote that movie? <laughs> and she goes, did you write that movie? <laughs> and I looked her square in the eyes and I went, Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> hey, everybody. Thanks for sticking your ears between two sterns. Please leave us a five-star review, even if it's a sarcastic one. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Have an idea for the show? Or are you also Jared Stern? Shoot us an email. You can find links to everything at jaredstern.com.